from zero to a hundred million in revenue. Can you imagine what that path might be like? Can you imagine all the different stages of what you would be doing, of what the company would be doing? Can you imagine the different price points you might be at along that journey? Well, you don't have to imagine it. Kaz Ota came in, he's a CEO of Treasure Data. And when he helped start it, he was just the technical co-founder, but he moved and, and pivoted and changed and helped the company grow and helped the company change. And it's really inspiring to hear his story. So you're gonna wanna hear this. If you're wanting to grow your company to be super big, he is going to share with you exactly how he did it. Welcome to Scale Your SaaS, the podcast that gives you proven techniques and formulas for boosting your revenue and achieving your dream exit. Brought to you by a guy who's done just that multiple times. Here's your host, Matt Wallach. Hello and welcome to Scale Your SaaS. Thank you very much for coming. This is going to be a really fun episode. I'm excited for it. But before we get into it, make sure you are subscribed to the show. You do not want to miss on any of the upcoming amazing guests that we have. Lots of cool topics to help you scale your SaaS and get your company where it's got to be. Today is going to be a lot of fun. I've got Kaz Ota with me. Kaz, how you doing? Great. Thanks for having me, Matt. Absolutely. So glad to have you here. Let me make sure everybody knows who you are. Kaz is the CEO and co-founder at Treasure Data. Treasure Data is an enterprise customer data platform that powers the entire business to accelerate customer centricity in the age of the digital customer across all engagement channels, including marketing, sales, and service. Kaz moved to the U.S. without even knowing how to speak English. Super impressive. After majoring in computer science and contributing to several open source projects, Kaz founded Treasure Data a hundred million plus ARR company. Kaz, once again, thanks for coming on the show. Of course, thanks for having me. You know, excited to share our story and failures and success and all these. Oh, I can't wait. Before we get into all that, tell me what's been going on with you lately and what's coming up. Yeah, so as you know, a lot of SaaS company is having tough time right now, right? So the interest going up and then, you know, stock market going down. So a lot of valuation got compressed. It used to be around 15x to 20x ARR, sometimes like hundreds of, 100 times ARR was a valuation. Now as a median, it's like five to six, right? And lucky for us, we actually raised 234 million two years ago. So we're actually fully funded and uh, we didn't have a crazy valuation. So we were in the sense like really lucky but for me, what um, shareholders value creation, the rule is changed. It was gross at all costs. Now it's more efficiency. So we're driving towards the um, efficiency, which means like the profitability for this company. Yeah, I'm, I'm super glad you guys are going that way. It's super important. You can see that's kind of happening all across tech as we see yeah. a bunch of layoffs happening, people trying to get more and more efficient. But I, I want to go back into kind of where this thing started. How did you come up with the idea for Treasure Data? Sure. When I started this company, I was CTO, Chief Technology Officer, and I majored in computer science, and my research area was HPC, high-performance computing. And at that time, my professor has built the world's fastest supercomputer, and uh, basically combining half a million computers into one system, right? Wow. And I was a part of the team to build the file system for that supercomputer just basically handling a lot of data coming out from this gigantic supercomputer, right? So that gave me an opportunity to handle large amount of data set. Uh, and uh, that created the basic idea of CDP, customer data platform. Yeah, and so how does Treasure Data help its customers? 
Yeah, so you can relate to your, I would say, consumer experience. Okay, one day I'm living in Palo Alto, California, and I got this email saying, hey, you finally have a fiber coming into your house from my internet provider, right? And I was so excited, so I called them, but I need to wait like 30 minutes. They're asking my phone number. I'm calling from my phone, right? I used their service for 12 years. They didn't know my plan. And of course, the service agent didn't know about that fiber plan. So I went to retail shop and I need to wait 20 minutes to talk with salespeople. And the same thing happened. They're asking my phone number. They don't know my plan. They didn't know about fiber. And a few weeks later, I got this email. Hey, fiber is actually not coming to your house from the service agent, Jeez. right? That's just horrible experience. No so kidding. those things are happening everywhere, every brand right now, right? So the way we're fixing is every single customer-facing agent, person, and system will look up consistent single source of truth about the customer. Mm. And that system is called CDP, Customer Data Platform. And there are 150 CDP vendors available in the market, but we're the number one independent vendor in terms of the market share and revenue size. That's amazing. So really your platform is just data and everybody else kind of just links into it. Is that how that works? Yeah. So um, a lot of, I would say, consumer data is sidled in the company, right? So if you talk with like uh, large major brands, um, they typically have 190 applications storing customer data here and there, right? And then you have legacy databases, uh, you know, sometimes IBM's legacy Z-series, you know, uh, mainframes, and you have uh, cloud systems, and you have MarTech systems, you have advertisement systems, you have CRM. So everywhere you store a piece of information about your consumers and customers, right? So we're the system of aggregation where you aggregate everything and we unify the data and create a real customer 360 view so that the business can rely on and execute. I love it. So it feels like it's that, that data is kind of creating more, you know, connected customer experiences. It feels like. Yeah, exactly. Wow. That's pretty slick. So what should businesses be thinking? How can they determine, okay, we need this. We're ready for this. Where does that happen? Yeah. It's all about customers, right? You know, I, this, this business is really interesting. Um, we specifically target for the large enterprise. We don't do any SMB. So a lot of people talking about PLG and all these were 100% SLG, sales-led motion, right? Mm -hmm. Because our product price is more than half a million a year, ARR, right? No one will buy a credit card with more than a half million product, <laughs> right? I say that exact thing, by the way, all the time. I have clients come to me because I help, obviously, a lot of people out there know that I help people take their company and grow it and scale it and become yeah. awesome at sales. And they come to me and they say, hey, we want to do PLG. And I say, okay, what is your price point? Yeah. And they'll say 5000 a month or 1000 a month even, or even 500 a month. I say, if you're over $100 a month, it is so hard. I mean, obviously, you guys at a half million, but it, you can't do it. It's not going to work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, you know, the way I figured out this idea is just like, uh, you know, to, took more airplane and meet the customers. And that's what I'm doing, right? I took three flights last, last week and meet all the customers. And that, that has been a consistent source of learning. I think that's important. I think a lot of people think of, okay, we need to sell, sell, sell. But I mean, here you are, you've already achieved some good success and you're still 
trying to learn from your customers. Is that right? Yeah, exactly. Because, uh, you know, a lot of people also talk about product market fit, but the product market fit needs to happen more consistently, right? There will be a product market fit, but that segment of customer will be saturated at some point. So you need to find out next segment of the customer, next segment of the customer. And then you just create these layers of customer segments where you have as a customer base. And that's how you grow, right? So that's why always learning from new industry and vertical and customer is really important. And that's why I'm spending a lot of time visiting and talking with customers and partners. I love it. I think that's super important. I think sometimes we forget it at that stage. When you launched, was that a big thing? As you launched, did you say, okay, we need to go out and meet people and we need to learn from our customers or potential customers? Yeah. I mean, you keep doing it. <laughs> that's the way to success. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. You can't stop. How did you, how did, when you started, how did you get some of those early clients just to get, you know, some of the initial trust and how'd you get them on board? Yeah, we're a little bit of lucky and also some of the connection we have, you know, first of all, you know, as you mentioned, uh, we all of three founders we have was Japanese. So we didn't have deep network in Silicon Valley. Right. So obviously we leverage our existing network in the home countries. Right. So we were running some of the big data data analytics community together. And then there were 2000 people around. So we just, you know, um, talk with all these people and then see where the challenges and pain points and then come up with the, you know, product idea. We can solve those challenges in Silicon Valley. Um, we, you know, fortunately got a really good um, angel investor called Bill Tai. You know, he, got the, you know, he invested into treasure data while I can't even speak English. So that's a funny story wow. now for him. But. At the same similar time frame, he invested into this like a uh, remote video conference company called Zoom. I still remember like, you know, I met the, like, Eric Yuan, the CEO of Zoom, and he's struggling to find out tester. And then I became the one, right? Wow. And then he invested in this company called uh, Canva, like a solo female founder come to Silicon Valley and saying, you know, Bill, I want to find the co-founder and Bill introduced uh, Google's engineer. And then that became a $30 billion company, right? So Bill has a really magical network of entrepreneur. And then we were lucky to have him. And then by using his network, we have, uh, you know, a couple of, uh, you know, early testers in it. I think that's important because a lot of times as we're getting started, we start thinking, okay, should we do this or should we do that? Or I'm not sure about this. I'm not confident about that. And sometimes just having someone there who's been there and done that and can kind of point you in the right direction or introduce you to the right people is so critical. It sounds like that worked out really well for you. Yeah. I mean, again, same, you know, we're having this constant uh, product market fit, right? Okay. Satisfy first five customers and then 10. And then 20 and 30. So that's the only way subscription business can grow. I totally agree. And over that time, were you able to increase prices and continually get to that price point you were looking for? Yeah, going up the market right now. You know, I think our initial product is like um, $30 a month. And we're now selling at the point of like half a million on average, right? It's quite a journey. <laughs> that is quite a journey. That's pretty fun. Um, now English is a lot different than Japanese. How did you learn it? 
uh, we spent a lot of time. So the first two years, so as a foreign founder, we struggled to get the visa, first of all, right? Coming to the mm -hmm. States is just really, really hard. And then there's this like a language barrier. So for the first two years, um, three of our founders, including myself, takes like a 90 minutes uh, English calls every single day. So that's how we learn. Congrats. Your English is awesome. <laughs> Thank you. After 12 years, have some confidence. Yeah, that's so cool. That's super cool. Um, so uh, I want to know, your company's taken off. What would you say were some of the best moves you guys made along the way to get you where you are? Yeah, I gave a talk at the, um, you know, some of the conferences too, but uh, we had a huge pivot uh, around maybe four years, five years time. So when we started, we're trying to sell this data platform to more like technical IT buyers, right? So mm -hmm. we talked about PLG and all these. So we're like, okay, why don't we have a data warehouse and data analytics infrastructure? People can come in and swipe and buy, right? That was the original idea. But then Microsoft, Google, Amazon Web Services trying to come in from the bottom and then they're trying to commoditize everything, mm -hmm. right? So we were growing to maybe like 5 million, 10 million dollar ARR range. But then all of a sudden, after they started uh, releasing more product around data analytics, we started losing the customer. Our pipeline is not converting. And then they're saying, oh, you know what? I can try with for free. Why would you pay for you, right? Yeah. So I almost thought uh, company is going to bankrupt. But then, you know, we met um, one of the angel investors, Jerry Young, who's the founder of Yahoo. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was at 30 minutes where, you know, because uh, there's only two ways to survive. One is you raise gigantic amount of round and fight against all these like large giants and uh, competing against performance per price. But it's going to be really hard anyway. Or you build more application on top of it and then selling into business buyers or different personas, right? Mm -hmm. And then what we found out was a lot of a product is used by marketing department to analyze customer data, right? And uh, we're a general um, data platform company, big data as a SaaS platform company at the time. But then we found out this little category where you know marketer is using our product you know and then analyzing customer data we found out this little category called cdp customer data platform around 2016 and there's only eight vendors you know what let's just like uh pivot into that you know category and execute and there's a lot of drama and i was a head of engineering and product so i needed to convince first on my co-founders and some of the people didn't believe in, so they are trying to fire me, go to the board, and there's a lot of dramas happen. But, you know, after that, we grew from like 15 million, 20 million ARR to 100 million. So I'm glad we did that change. <laughs> I will say it. And I think that that's a testament. Sometimes we feel like there's people against us, and even there, in this case, there are people against us. And we just have to stick to our convictions and know that even though it's going to be a shift, we've got to make that change. It sounds like that was probably a very frustrating and maybe anxious time for you, but kudos to you for staying with it and making that change. Yeah, I was not anxious. I would say for me, it was clear from uh, based on the 
customers feedbacks but i was the only one who met so many customers so i knew more data points so the way i changed probably made a lot of people anxious about it but i just didn't have time to convince the entire company to execute right while the business yeah. is almost collapsing yeah that makes sense so that's some of the good stuff that happened what are some of the mistakes that you guys made that you wish you would have avoided i would say um Hiring the executive team has been a consistent challenge, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you have to have the best team in the industry. And uh, right now we're becoming a leader in the category. So a lot of people from competitor actually wants to join. And then, you know, it's ultimately about people, right? If you have mm-hmm. the best people, you become the best company, right? Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, you sometimes, you know, mishired some of the positions like, okay, well, this guy has scaled the business from 100 million to the billion dollar in some of the large, you know, uh, popular SaaS company and then come in and then they don't have any, I would say, driver mindset in the startup, for example. Right. So people yep. need like some of the setup <laughs> for them to succeed in certain stages. And uh, we're learning those experiences, you know. Um, and then, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's still a lot of challenge, like who to bring in and then how to create the best team for this certain period of time. Yeah. I've, I've had that same experience where you just need the right person at the right time. Sometimes yep. they, they maybe have been the right person, but at the wrong time for your business growth cycle. And it's, it can be a disaster. And I've, yep. I've, I've done that as well. It's just frustrating right. because you think they're going to be so perfect and it doesn't work out. It's just annoying. Yeah. Yeah, Constant learning. It is. How has your role changed over this time, going from launching and hoping you get some of your first customers to now where you are 100 million plus? Yeah, quite a lot. So initially, um, I was CTO, so technical co-founder, right? Um, mm-hmm. So my co-founder was CEO. So my focus is just to get the product launched. So I have uh, another co-founder who is more like an architect and coder. So I was a product manager, I was a sales engineer, I fundraised, right? Those are the early stage of the company, and I sometimes code, right? Mm-hmm. And then we started building more engineering teams. So I started hiring, I don't know, um, 20, 30 engineers from my network, and then started having some you know, lightweight of uh, structure in it, right? implemented the JIRAs and QA processes and deployed, you know, security stuff, right? And then, you know, uh, when you go to like 50 million and then 80 million, you just started having more middle layer and management, you know, built around, right? And uh, 18 months ago, I became a CEO, you know, since then, the role has been, you know, of course, hugely expanded. And uh, I usually think of my time as, okay, I'm going to spend 30% um, of my time for the investors uh, to really understand, you know, what they want and then how can we maximize the, you know, shareholder value and 30% for the customer and then 30% for the people and then work another 60% to do the rest of the things, right? <laughs> that's how I view it. <laughs> I think that's why is it, it, at whatever stage you're at, hard work pays off and I think you're, you're yeah. showing that. Hard work is the bottom line expectation. So I work hard. 
Yeah, I agree. So as we wrap up, what advice would you have for other software founders who are just getting started? Yeah, you know, I would say, you know, commit 10 years, right? And, uh, you know, when we started the company, there's a lot of startup in the same category, you know, someone who popped out from Stanford, you know, those engineering group who came out from Google, started similar product, Meta, Microsoft, you know, it's like lots, right? After 10 years, we're the only one who survived, right? Wow. So, you know, we listened to the customer. We had a grit, right? So just keep going on. You know, this business is recurring and subscription, right? The more you commit it, that's a differentiation from all of our competitors. I agree. I think that's great advice. Just stay committed and have that grit and, and know your customer. That's definitely something that people can do and, and, yep. and learn to follow from you. Yeah. Well, Kaz, how can, how can people learn more about you and Treasure Data? Sure. For Treasure Data product, uh, go to www.treasuredata.com. Uh, so the website shows a lot of um, information. And then to reach out to me, I have a LinkedIn. So search Kazuki Ota and then send a connect invite and say, hey, uh, we saw this podcast. So thank you very much. Okay, perfect. We'll put all that in the show notes to make sure that everybody knows. Kaz, domo arigato for coming on. I appreciate it. Arigato gozaimasu. Thanks for having me, Matt. Absolutely. And everybody else out there, thank you for being here. Really appreciate it. Make sure you're subscribed to the show so you don't miss any other awesome leaders like Kaz coming on. We'll see you next time. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Scale Your SaaS. For more help on finding great leads and closing more deals, go to mattwallach.com.